In our previous lessons, we discussed objective, style, methodology, adab, context, and content. All these are within the realm and responsibility of scholarship, and any attempt to draw them from other sources can only lead to misguidance. Open and unrestricted participation in scholarly realms of expertise is of the most devastating religious trends to befall the Ummah in modern times. Scholarship is a divine trust. Allah Most High says, وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَا مِنْ قَبْلِكَ إِلَّا رِجَالًا نُوحِي إِلَيْهِمْ فَاسْأَلُوا أَهْلَ الذِّكْرِ إِنْ كُنْتُمْ لَا تَعْلَمُونَ O Prophet, we did not send messengers before you other than men whom we inspired with revelation. So ask the people of knowledge if you do not know. قال القرطبي نزلت في مشركي مكة حيث أنكروا نبوة محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وقالوا الله أعظم من أن يكون رسوله بشرا فهل لا بعث إلينا ملكا فرد الله تعالى عليهم بقوله وما أرسلنا من قبلك إلى الأمم الماضية يا محمد إلا رجالا آدميين Imam al-Qurtubi says, It was revealed in relation to the polytheists of Mecca, who denied the prophethood of Muhammad wasallam, saying, God is too great to have a human messenger. Would that he send us an angel? So Allah responded to them by saying, O Muhammad, among the nations of the past, we have only sent human messengers. Thus we see that the ignorance of Quraysh was compound. Not only did they reject the truth, but projected their own false logic onto their religion. Reflect upon Allah commanding in same breath to ask the true scholars when one is unaware of the truth. For the first step in sacred knowledge is to humbly admit that one does not know. But if non-experts are so very sure that they do know, understand and practice Islam correctly in accordance to their own logic, what need have they for scholarship? It is a compound catastrophe that is actively shaping the religious experience of both scholar and non-scholar alike. In the open playing field of secular academia and social media, the referee is no more. A restoration of tradition, true scholarship, and divine trust is an imminent imperative. That brings us to the last two elements of the Sayyidina Nafisa Seminary Knowledge Integration System, which are the realm of advanced scholarship in particular. In this lesson, we discuss process. Fitra Foundation has defined four main scholarly imperatives, preservation, transmission, conveyance, and cultivation. These imperatives are representative of fundamental scholarly processes the objective of which is to bring the prophetic inheritance to full fruition. In the formative stages of Islamic tradition, preservation and transmission were the scholarly imperatives of the time. Quran and Hadith studies documented transmission and historical processes. Usul and Fiqh documented intellectual processes. The Quran was uniquely preserved in that the entire Ummah participated in its preservation through mass memorization. Thus, the concept of tawatur tabaqa, 
or generational transmission, was born. Today, however, there is no danger to the Qur'an's verbatim transmission, even in all of its variant readings, both orally and in writing. The memorization tradition remains alive and active. The preservation and transmission of the Qur'an has been achieved. On a scholarly level, then, the question is, by what process is the Qur'an to be conveyed and cultivated today? And are we merely running in historical circles, perpetually focused on previous stages of preservation and transmission, or actually making scholarly progress? How are we to achieve a true recitation of the Qur'an today? While many have ideas, few are directed by principles, and even fewer are capable of following through. Process is a highly advanced stage of scholarship. As for hadith, documenting transmission became a specialized science, incorporating elements of memorization, written record, mass compilation, systematic classification, biographical tracking, and strict evaluative processes. Most of the hadith corpus was classified into graded categories. Today, the grading of only a small percentage of reports remains disputed, and among those, only an acutely nominal few are subject to new research. Preservation of hadith has also been achieved. So again we ask, by what process is hadith to be conveyed and cultivated today? What is the current scholarly imperative? Is current scholarship engaged in what they want or what the ummah needs? Are we chasing our own polemical tale in circles or are we riding the stallions of scholarship into new horizons? Very few are even asking the right questions. On the intellectual side, documentation of fiqh was the subject of hundreds, if not thousands, of volumes across the juristic schools, representing some of the most sophisticated intellectual thought in human history. The genius of the formative imams can be gleaned from their development of a high-level hermeneutical system intended to guide and standardize the proper prophetic understanding of the revelatory source texts. They did not merely interpret but build, built an encompassing conceptual scaffold to guide their intellectual processes. While in their times, this was a necessary proactive endeavor, in later times, the subject domain of usul, or legal theory, became a tool of preservation, demanding, with its compelling intellectual strength, conformity to the tradition of the fuqaha. In doing so, it also expelled any attempts at reinterpretation of the Islamic legal tradition upon any other criteria than its own. In much the same way, the scholars of Kalam also preserved and propagated the Islamic creed. While preservation of the Qur'an and Hadith was solidified through transmission processes, their proper interpretation was preserved through intellectual processes. The sum of these is what we now call tradition. Thus, we see that process is a critical element in tradition, for it was and remains the primary, primary instrument in propagation of the prophetic inheritance. So then, 
is the continuation of tradition by conveying what past scholars did or by doing as they did? Is it through mimicking them or in furthering their methodological objectives in accordance with the challenges of our own time? Clearly, the former is a conception of tradition that honors the blessed imams by laying down with them in their graves. No, the great scholars of the past do not call us to enact tradition as a stone monument in their name, but to draw upon their eternal spirit to keep tradition alive. The true spirit of the traditional Islamic scholarly heritage isn't stagnation, but vibrant progress. The crux of the matter is that process is absolutely necessary for progress. And so, advanced scholarship has mastered the objective, style, methodology, context, and content of Islamic tradition to such an expert extent as to relive the original process and revive current progress. If not an Islamic expert, there is no claim to speak of in the first place. Noise is not music. Many make claims to tradition, though, truly or falsely so. The proof is the process. Islamic tradition does not shy away from unveiling her lovely face, but rather says, show me your process, and I'll show you who I am. Far from quoting her properly, though, too many revivalists, self-identified or not, are no more than a false future without a pertinent past. Tradition, while often presented as a static monolith by those who would have it become a withering whisper, is actually a scholarly evolutionary process that demands input in the present. Yet while honoring tradition to a great extent and exerting excellent efforts, much of current scholarship pays homage to her by painting a portrait of her beauty, perpetually gazing at her image with no aspiration to actually meet her. Yes, tradition is alive, but only proper process can cause her receded radiance to emerge once more. It all seems theoretical, you say. Indeed, it has been, until now. For while Fitra Foundation birthed Sayyidina Nafisa Seminary, when she grew up, she mothered the Metafiq Academia, the third phase of our historic inauguration. Metafiq isn't an invention. It is an extension. It is tradition in real time. Tradition was never broken to be fixed, but rather captured in the blueprint of a stunning architectural structure waiting to become real. None employed the magnificence of Islamic tradition as the great scholars of the past did, but as we admire their legacy, they call to us to build our own for coming generations who will also do the same. Methodology is the unchanging established element of tradition that demands discipline and conformity. It is the element that we most often associate it with, but process that creative cultivation upon the established methodology, that is its evolutionary element. Metafiq is the process of documenting and streamlining the transition 
between historical scholarly phases, from previous phases of preservation and transmission to future phases of conveyance and cultivation. Metafiqh is the bridge between the past traditional and future transcendental. Tracing the scholarly brushstrokes, defining their technique, admiring their color blend, discerning the background from the foreground. Methodology is discipline. Metafiqh is art. Advanced scholars are artists. Advancing time is the canvas. Without truth, there can be no beauty, and without beauty, there can be no life. This is our real, living tradition, a tradition of men and women. In our next lesson, we'll discuss the final element of the Sayyidina Fisa Seminary knowledge integration system, which is pedagogy. With one eye on tradition and the other on transcendence, teaching will be the bridge to a complete vision.